What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Books to Business Workshop. We're going to hang out for a minute or two, let some people. We're going to hang out here. and talk about the compound effect. <laughs> All right, this is the book. We forgot, we forgot for a second. I thought we were on the four hour work week. These they are starting quick. to roll. Yeah, they, they are. fall like dominoes, man. Yeah, but as you're coming in, you know, think about any questions you have, any thoughts, any feedback on the book. We liked it. We thought it was simple but effective, you know? I thought it was 25 years old. <laughs> you did. Because of the you iPad. Or the iPod. Yeah. <laughs> I made an ass out of myself, a national television. National. But, uh, you mean worldwide? It's not national. 110 countries. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Steve and I forgave you. I think my yeah. mother's tuned in well, today. I'm working on it. She, she was threatening to tap out a link. <laughs> Four seconds ago, she called. Well, she called me. She said you're gonna. She's gonna watch the show tonight. Oh, uh, oh, nice. Yeah, so she's probably checking it out. Mrs. McMahon, yeah. how are you? Um, have you been implementing these before you read this book over your lifetime? Um, these ideas, small, sporadically, smart, you know, consistent little things over long periods of time. That's really the whole book. Isn't well, that's it? something that's that's fundamental that mm. I definitely understand. It's like little things shape big things. Yeah, you know, but. In terms of like the actual strategy he talks about, mm-hmm. um, that sometimes slips, and that's one of the reasons I love this because I'm like I'm gonna start tracking. I gotta start tracking again. Oh yeah, that was, that was your big uh, your big takeaway was tracking. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. simple, right? Four yeah, we just had just ten, ten what, what twelve oysters, and we found out oysters are forty five calories <laughs> a piece, which times twelve that's like six hundred calories. That's a lot for not a lot of food. Yeah. You know, when you track your calories, you'll find out. What's tax of taxing on calories? Like nuts, usually taxing. Do you remember? Cheese. Yeah, because maybe a year ago now, I tracked for like six months, and right. I lost like a stupid amount, mm-hmm. 18 pounds. And like, and it was just by not truly, it was like eliminating ranch dressing, yeah. and it was not eating chips. Chips are the worst. If calories are a currency, <laughs> chips are the worst use of, uh, of, of calories. Remember you wore the beads. I, I, this is my invention, these beads here. Those things are great, yeah. Yeah, so these beads, I just slide them over. These are uh, calorie beads because there was four, four, four elements to the diet, but you got to track everything. You, first of all, you got to weigh yourself every day. You got to track your current weight. Yeah. The second thing is um, you got to track and measure every single thing that crosses your lips calorically. And after a little while, you'll know about what your base rate is, and then um, you got to go to a calorie deficit when you know what that number is. Mine's about 1,800, 1,900 maybe. So if I go over 1,900, I put weight on. If I go under consistently, and I'll get arguments on this, but for the most part, and then you track the beads, and you can count down on the beads, and on this wrist, you track, uh, I track water. Drink, drink uh, half your body weight in ounces in water and watch the weight fall off. And it's funny, the pushback you get, because that's changed your life. So you speak to it a lot, you know, and people go, well, no, that's only, you know, there are other, and you're like, well, yeah, but this is the foundation. And if you can't get this right, what do you, you know, people worry about the details and it's like, we do everything else wrong. Well, they want to eat cookies. They want to eat like all this meat and cheese, which is the Atkins diets. The, all these diets are basically low calorie schemes to eat food you like, but there's a, there's going to be a deprival in something and there will be no scientifically i don't think there'll be a calorie deficit without going or there, there won't be weight loss without going into calorie deficit now right a calorie is a unit of energy which is required to drive the body and you need a certain amount to to drive the body but anyway if you are watching and you want these beads uh dm me on instagram 
or in the show, and I'll send you one. I got, we I got, got, I, we got a I box bought, of them in the closet. I, I bought ten thousand <laughs> of them. I was going to yeah. become a a, a diet uh, a fitness model. A beadsman. Yeah, I want to be a I want to be a, a fitness model and and make a lot of money. But I give these people and people lose weight with them. I couldn't make any money, so I started a podcast. Steve, <laughs> that was the white flag. Steve, what was the book you gave me uh, last uh, night? Beyond Training. Beyond Training. that Because I run every day, yeah, and you're like, dude, that. you got to start mixing it up because your body gets used to. Yeah. So what I learned from that book, that's Ben Greenfield. I watch him. He has. He was. I posted on. He posted on Instagram today his crazy morning routine. He does sunlight, all these hydrogen tablets, all these crazy. He's like really next level. But what I learned from that book was two things i didn't even get through the whole thing but the training zones were so big so for you if, if you want to do endurance you don't just train in the zone of endurance you train in the like the high intensity plus the really low intensity like yoga or just walking and he the first story he gives if you read the beginning of the book is like two people run like 10 marathons a year one guy's destroyed is destroying his body the whole time one person's doing less but achieving more like so he's a, like running less training less because he's training a little bit smarter and he can do the same amount but he has a healthy body the whole time and then the second thing was the recovery he goes really deep into recovery mm. what was yeah. that called beyond training that's but beyond annoying <laughs> <laughs> why <laughs> so, this is a lot like i i just say he tunes it out move the beads yeah, lose the go. weight yeah, yeah this is like more like <laughs> He wants to do like ultra marathons and stuff. So he's like really crazy. I'm trying to take people from doing nothing to doing something. Yeah. Right, right. Start the momentum. Speaking of that, the Domino video did pretty well. I know. I got, <laughs> I'm a celebrity on TikTok now. I got 20,000 views. Life comes at you quickly. I know. So a bunch of 14-year-olds in China. My <laughs> video is awesome. <laughs> They're all playing with dominoes now. I killed nice, nice some work. kid the other day. that gave maybe some... I don't know what he did, but he's like, I was like, who the hell are you? He's like, I'm just a little kid here. He was looking at one of the cartoons we did. I was yeah. like, oh, sorry. I felt, I felt bad after. Sorry for yelling at you. He's like, Mr. Mr. I'm six. Yeah, posting's an interesting thing to talk about consistency because it's hard to do. And you know, a lot of people visit on social media. Yeah. And like, you got to do it every day yourself or you got to have someone do it. It just takes all, it's a lot. And it, you know, it's just like got probably tracking your calories. You don't want to do it, but it's just never ending. There's never no end ending. in sight for posting. Like it's it's funny because it, it ties into this, you know, or, mm. or even like the Pareto principle, where right. it's like, what's your twenty percent? So like, because you're right, you need to be posting on Instagram. You need to see that that's how people engage and interact. Yeah. But YouTube's my twenty percent. And it's like, I, I exert all this energy on Instagram, and I see very. I mean, it's a great way to communicate with people through DMs. Right. But I don't see anything through, like, you know, a video post. Mm -hmm. I get one one thousandth of the engagement <clears throat> that I get on YouTube. So at some point, it's like, why? Yeah. Once you're verified, you'll do oh, much yeah. better. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> this guy's on his high I, horse. Actually, uh, the, um, <laughs> the bamboo tree analogy, that we don't know whether or not it's true, but the bamboo tree apparently grows under, under, under the ground for five years and festers and fer fertilizes and shoots up in eight weeks, 80 feet. Um, but a lot of things, particular with a message, you know, putting a new message out there has to do with the consistency of a message. A lot of people sure, bebop yeah. all over the place and they lose that compounding effect of this is what I want to do. You know, this is what, you know, one of the reasons you're still in the game is you started doing it even when you weren't getting that, that reinforcement from, from uh, the world. 100%. Yeah. And then not only consistency, but simplification of it too, like being very yeah. clear. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know. uh, there's a guy out there, his name's Dave Ramsey, and he has a radio show, and he's a very kind of blue-collar advice on, on, on one topic, the number one 
the number one, number two issue of all Americans is their debt. Number two. Number one is they don't save enough. So those two together are really bad. So his whole business, and he's been on the radio for 30 years, is be debt free. That's all you ever hear him Can't say. Mess that up. And everyone in the yeah. world knows his name. And he's on the radio. He's on YouTube. But he never leaves that message. And that message and the consistency of that has compounded it where he's turned it into a you know, $100 million plus business. Right. With a simple message. So financial advisors, they, they always like, that guy doesn't know anything. I know all these sophisticated financial arbitrage moves that are wonderful for rich people. And, and uh, it's like, you, no one knows about it because you're bouncing all over the place, chasing the balloons. Yeah. Right? Chasing rainbows. Well, I think part of scaling and going all in is realizing that like you'll get a lot of that pushback. Mm. I remember looking at a Dave Ramsey uh, YouTube video right. and uh, a lot of the comments were like, I feel like this guy's screaming at me, like, relax, calm down. Oh. And if, if, if you gave someone just the comment section under his video, you would think that he's not doing well. You'd think wow, he's a really? loser. Yeah. So it's just like, it's the same analogy or metaphor as, as the Bieber thing. You know, it's like his, yeah. co- his comments are all hate. Arguably he, the most successful entertainer of our time. Oh, that's One interesting. Of them, you know. Good and bad, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, um, I was thinking about that because he's also kind of took his market and went, he took it to simplicity, people with debt, but he also is specific in the Christian market too. So he's oh, a he Christian really radio. Yeah, so he has a sub-segment. So he, I, I talk about this a lot in my training is like when people are uh, marketing, they want to they be everything to everybody and, I, and you got to be like the lion I went, to, I went to Africa when I got diagnosed and I wanted to see the animals and I talked to the guy. I said, he goes, I want to see the lions. He goes, you probably won't see them. They're always bedded down because they're just sitting there looking and they look at the herd and they study it. And I had a marketing uh, consultant friend of mine says, you got to market like the lion because what the lion does is it evaluates and it, and it looks around and it waits and then it, it, it plans and then it pounces with the intent to separate the pack, to, mm. to get a smaller group and the lion will go after the little group and be like the lion because if you go up the herd it'd be unsuccessful the lion right steve that's right so you can't teach everyone everything you got to teach a very small group a very simple idea if you ever get that this is like taking the compound effect out for a marketing ride uh that'd be my coach my coaching yeah no it's interesting you know i mean i coming from my, my audience has always been really wide pretty big cool. audience yeah well, so yeah, it's, you, it's you have, you're one of yeah. the very few that can do it because you have a, you know, you've got a lot of emotion in your message and that, I think that resonates. A lot resonates. of people are in pain, you know, they're hurting. Um, what about you, Steve? You in pain? <laughs> uh, not really. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, <laughs> beyond beyond I think, annoying. I think I said I this on the book. podcast, but one of my favorite things he said was that it's so simple not to do. Um, but Dustin actually brought up a really good some thoughts he had from the book that I'll share with you guys. Mm-hmm. If I can find the chat, where did I go with the chat here? Where is the chat? I um, was wondering where the chat was. Here it is. Okay, he had, so it's here he dark. took. He not only had great thoughts, but he also took action. So it's pretty awesome. He said good good discussion around friendly competition to help install good habits. Actually shared something this week because of this book. Started something this week because of this book. Mm-hmm. Now when he runs and bikes, he records everything in Strava, which is like a map my run. I'm sure Ed, you probably have heard of it. Yeah. Even though I exercise daily, recording on the app somehow holds me more accountable. Do you do that? Do you I do. I use yeah. Strava. Yeah, that's awesome. So people can chase you around too. Yeah, yeah. They can creep on you. It's yeah. cool. It's like a it's like a social network for runners. So and you can run against someone. That is cool. Yeah. Um, and so the other, so he started holds him more accountable. I have the same thing with this thing I wear. 
I noticed because I want to tell my friends or tell people about it, the sleep is such a big one for me. Like that's like the number one habit I like to do. And I was wondering one night I almost didn't wear because it, it was I just forgot to put it on before I went to bed. And I just wanted I'm like, I know I'm going to sleep well. Like my habits pretty deep. And I was like, why do I want it? And so it made me think about it. And then I realized like when I wake up in the morning and see my phone say seven hours, it's like checking off that box. And you just want that. You want it's almost like a whiteboard. You want to make that check box even though it's like not helping me sleep better or anything like that it feels like, like momentum exactly so it's like a tangible way to feel that momentum that i love so that was an interesting thing that i uh share with dustin when you miss the obviously you miss that that day you 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 open up the opportunity for the the habit to fall away yeah exactly it's like the domino that gets pulled and it doesn't knock the next one over because it falls on the ground yeah yeah that's what happens when you stop doing stuff do you ever notice that you go on vacation you come back like it's always hard. Way worse discipline. Yeah. You get it back going. It's, yeah. I so, like how we use the idea of like momentum, because that was big throughout the book. Yeah, Almost your right. exact situation. Steve. Yeah. But he calls it Mo, and I know it's a little thing, <laughs> but mo. it just makes it seem like, uh, I don't know, like a, like like a, a verb, character yeah, you invite yeah, into yeah, your house. Word, yeah. it, it's just really cool to think about it that way. And so you want to you wanna set up your life and your lifestyle so uh, that it's conducive to our pal Mo. I like Big Mo. That's, yeah, he's yeah. a good dude. Why we started our, our show, the first podcast for the first book of the first season was which book? The Places You Go. Yeah, well, it was a, it's a six-minute read. So talk about an easy first domino if you want to read a book and you're not reading. Read that book, six minutes. I can make an argument that that's the most powerful book we've done. I like that book. I, yeah. legit, I mean, that's a great, great yeah, story. You're going to get a beaten. Going to get your teeth kicked in every once in a while. Especially if you're swinging every day. And that's what this, this is the compound effect about. It's about swinging. Yeah. Swinging at something every day. Very, very deliberate, small, achievable, measurable. Yeah. Don't stop. Don't stop. And it's funny, like, because you want to harp on that, right? But it's almost, a, it feels like a cliche. But it's so much better to swing and, and, and take your lumps than to not swing. Like, right. you don't want the monotony in life. You really don't. Who was the actor in Breaking Bad? The guy that... Cranston. Yeah, he had a great story. His biography's in my room. It's amazing. What yeah. was his story? I mean, I love Breaking Bad, and i never seen the guy before, and he was a dentist in a Seinfeld episode. I think that was his prior biggest gig, right? I mean, the, the amazing thing about the guy, well, one, the reason I love actors. Have I talked about this mm. to you guys before? It, just like the, the idea of rejection is integral to what they do. So they know there's 12 people sitting down auditioning for one role. They yeah. know, you know what I mean? It's like you, you have to be okay with being told no. But oh, yeah. his entire, you know, he didn't make it, quote unquote, till he was uh, an older guy. In the 50s, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he just persisted, man. He kept going and he kept going and he kept trying to figure things out and never lost faith. And it's just a real story about the ups and downs in life and how to internalize it. Cool. His, his story is an actor, but his character in Breaking Bad is kind of similar. Like, he was at these, like, whatever. I'm sure he, <laughs> yeah, he probably that's true. said, that's true. like, yeah, I'll do this deal, whatever. I'm not getting work anyway. Right? I think that's, that's the point where shit works. It starts to work. And when you, like, just let your hair down and say, forget it. Uh, we did that with the change to kind of the idea of some of our videos yeah. like that, right? We kind of, like, yeah. said, ah, just forget it. Let's have a good time and, and enjoy it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, that's really good. I things, love that. Things usually turn out better that way. About rejection. Did you ever tell you about my friend J.B. Frank? He was the, the guitarist for Kingdom Come. He was a bassist for Kingdom Come. He's a good friend of mine. He, was, he wrote a song uh, with me once. He, he wrote it, and I kind of approved it. That was my, my role. Uh, but he, 
Kingdom Come was a big band, and he tried out as a guitarist. He was going to try to try for lead guitar, but he also knew how to play drums and bass. So only four people tried out for bass, so he went back and got his bass and tried out as the bassist and got the job. Okay, that's pretty badass. Yeah, it's an awesome story. If you ever hear him tell it, <laughs> and that was like, uh, that was an amazing band. They had a number one, number one hit in 1988, Kingdom Come. They're still touring and stuff. J.B. Right? Frank. Yeah, they just did the Monsters of Rock tour. I'm friends with the a rock star. I went to Whiskey A Go Go when he they did an encore, a thirty year encore. I went to the show, and I, you know JB kind of he's kind of like as gentle a human being as you ever met, real spiritual guy. Yeah. He's a vegan too, so he's he's very into food. He's super intelligent, and he came out with his makeup on. He had black uh, he had black mascara. His face was all painted, and he was so bad. I was like, wow, I know rock stars finally. <laughs> I awesome. knew at some point I'd meet them. Two rock stars starting a band called Dinner with Bears. Who? Who else is a rock star? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Oh, boy. Dinner with Bears? Uh, Yeah. What rocks? You don't know any rock stars? Personally? Yeah. Um, I know six. Steve knows six. Steve, who's the most famous person you know in the world? Um, Other than me. Ooh, I don't know. Maybe a dunker actually. Who? They, Jordan Kilgan is like it's just followers, but he's like whenever I, he was in town, like people would recognize him a lot. Isn't like, that funny? I don't know anybody famous. I don't think. Yeah. Maybe I do. Who knows? Depends how you how you define fame. You know. Yeah. 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 yeah you I mean, meet people. There's a lot no, of movers and shakers like, in our circle, but they're not like Hollywood names. A few baseball players, I guess. But yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? I do know someone famous. Pittsfield, Mass. Elizabeth Banks was my father's best friend's granddaughter. Mm. So I do know her. She's pretty famous. She's a cover girl. She was in 40-Year-Old Virgin. And oh, okay. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how we got on this t- subject, but might as well. The so Little Hinges, like, talk about it. She's an actor, and she kind of broke out with that, that show. And now she's doing all kinds of stuff. She's What's a Hunger Games. Elizabeth Banks? Oh, Elizabeth. Her last name is Mitchell. Elizabeth Mitchell. But uh, Banks is... That's stage her stage time? name, I think, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's super famous. Oh, this one? Yeah. She's super famous. You've seen her before? Yeah. She oh. was in a lot of movies. What's she in? Um They don't call him the greatest color man in podcasting for nothing. <laughs> 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 like I'm, I'm blitzing through the data. Pitch perfect, <laughs> pitch perfect three, curb your enthusiasm. That's where I know her from. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Elizabeth Banks. So they yeah. skipped her for two, and they're like, we got to bring her back. <laughs> Forty-year-old virgin, the, hunger, one, the yeah, hunger Games. Forty-year-old virgin was a big one. And she's in a, uh, she was a cover girl. She's super famous. Yeah. She's also in the Muppets. I'm sure she's verified, too. She's <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep a straight face. In the Muppets. <laughs> what did you just say, Steve? She was in the Muppets. Okay. In the show, The 30 Rock. You know 30 Rock? That I was a funny that. show. Yeah, I remember that. I don't know. Back. So what else we got? We we wandered right, a little I'll, bit. I'll get from, back uh, to the Dustin had another yeah, one. What do you Just, got? This, you'll what like you this got, one. He, he canceled uh, his New York Times subscription. A lot less notifications, oh. interruptions during the day because of the book. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like the book actually had him take action. New York Times. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> no, I, that's that's awesome. Yeah, be totally. You're gonna be. Um, I, I don't. I don't even turn the TV on anymore. 
It is. It's the a perverted view of the world is so disturbing to me. I just leave it off. See, that's why you know you were talking about tracking. Yeah, it's like you realize how much time you spend diving into that mm-hmm. stuff. Nice redirect. Got me off it. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going there. I'm like just in like, general. Let's you not know, light you ourselves on opinion. fire today. You know my opinion is like it's just too much. Too much. Uh, the brackets and the stories are too too sensationally different. Sure. It's yeah, in, it's yeah. like impossible to even participate in either of them. Like, well, I just want the data. But the idea is, regardless of your political ideology or what you're reading, it's like, you know what it is. It's a cognitive biasy or bias. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're they're getting your it's Yeah. It's pulling on emotional strings and it's Mm -hmm. not going to help you do whatever it is you do. I mean, there are ways also to streamline it, too. Like, you can get your news in 10 minutes and everything you need to know, you can know at noon. Is there like a reliable, factual feed of information like the wall street gets i mean Not i'm sure really. that stuff's pretty good i bet it is i bet you the traders are getting Journal? pretty pretty no i bet you the traders in the pit are getting the real information from somewhere because they can't act on the on the uh, well they all speculate well they do but they're getting real data they're like pork bellies are this inflation yeah. is that it's going to rain tomorrow you know just crash 1800 points today based upon health data right right so which is, I mean, I could have been investor, you know, investor driven actually from non factual data. Uh, anyway, it's just, a, just an idea like compound effect <laughs> talks about consistency. Um, My New York Times is YouTube, by the way. Oh, what is mine? Like, that's where I just I get Yours lost. It's TikTok now. No, it isn't. No, <laughs> where no, do you they, spend? You uh, scroll Facebook. No, I, I read. You're a Facebook guy. Uh, no, I'm talking about like your 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 vice, right? So if he if 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 Dustin cut out New York Times because you know maybe he spends forty, and I won't speak for you, Dustin, but you know let's just say hypothetically forty minutes an hour a day, um, you know my YouTube because it's like getting high on your own supply, right? I'm always on there uploading, checking data, communicating with people, and it flashes in your face exactly what you want to see at that moment in time. So it's like, I think I think my it's the phone in general pool game i just think it's the phone. no i don't play any games but it's the phone in general oh yeah <laughs> i don't know why i have a thing in my like get away from me nine hours today nine Ooh. hours but i use i use it i think like, you have a problem well, no i have a an app when i take a nap it's a noise app it tracks that it's not accurate it doesn't track that steve though. let's get him a, a phone number some sort of resource <laughs> hold on a sec but <laughs> imagine imagine to this the compound effect right imagine eliminating something bad and replacing it with something good like a walk. Mm-hmm. So let's say I spent 45 minutes on Facebook today and I didn't do that and I went for a 45-minute walk on top of my regular routine. And also, if I'm at Facebook and I'm eating chips and stuff, so now I'm eating chips playing Facebook, instead I could be walking with no chips. Right. That's a swing. Huge swing. That goes from a spend to a save. So in economics, it's called lost opportunity cost. It's a recovery. You, it's an acceleration of a of a of an identified loss turned into a gain. Hmm. Example: If you have a policy, an insurance policy with Geico, you know why they're so big. Tell me. Okay, I thought is, it was just their marketing agency. <clears throat> no, they give you a they they do a, a teaser rate discount on your on your car insurance, so they give you like fifteen percent off. They're lower than anybody else for the first year, and then they drop back and overprice later. So when you when you get caught in that, like years into it, it's like, oh, I'm with Geico. They're the best. It's like, no, price it out. Sometimes it's 200 bucks a year. Mm. So if you get $200 a year, you say, well, you can get the same insurance for $200 less. You got 200 bucks now that's not going to the insurance company. Now you can put it into a mutual fund 
and get a rate of return instead of a pure expense. That's a swing. It's an acceleration. It's very powerful. But you can do that with your body. Uh, you know, stop doing one thing. Yeah. Remember I told you about my brother? Oops. <laughs> it's my mom's on the phone. <laughs> I used him as an example. I got him off a of Bud Light, off the yeah, Bud in the Bud. Yeah. yeah. I, and I validated this. He's drinking Bud Budweiser. I was like, dude, drink Bud Light at least. Yeah. It's 35 calories less. No, but that's not. I mean, that's the exact point in the book. Those things yeah. that you laugh at, they add up. They add up. They add up. You talk 100 calories a day, 700 a week, times yeah. four. Yeah times you know whatever you're talking tens of thousands of calories and that's what i thought was amazing because he's like when he's listing those people he's like you don't know after a year you can't really see it you really have to kind of the the weird thing is no one's tapping your shoulder and telling you like nope you're on track so you truly have to believe it and be consistent and and i like books like this that confirm it's like no if you're doing the small things and you're being consistent hang tight you know it's like a little lifeline. I own a couple bars, um, restaurants, the, whatever you call yeah. them, but whatever. There are places where you lose money regularly. System. <laughs> it was compound effect of loss. But where the money is in bars is in the alcohol pouring. They, you know, when they free pour alcohol, the shot goes from one shot, which is uh, you know, an ounce, to three ounces. That's three shots. And that's Can, all like, well, you just... You, you're, you're supposed to get one shot, and the bartender is always over poor. So the, the leakage is the wasted alcohol. All right, can we do some basic math just for my like sure. just genuine curiosity? So how much get, would a bottle? Let's say Jack. How much would a bottle of Jack be? Uh, let's call it twenty bucks. Okay, and then so how many shots are in a bottle? Like roughly, real rough. About uh, probably thirty. There's about a, there's about, there's probably. Dude, so you make that back in three shots, though. Well, I know, but you don't have to. There's there's, there's if you're if you get if you only get ten shots out of it, you're giving away twenty shots. So at four bucks a shot, that's eighty dollars a bottle out the door. Mm. So, so bar- it's what you lose. Yeah, the bartenders over poor to get the good tip, and sometimes that's a, a hospitality move. But there is, is diamonds in there. Like even if you have a policy that overpouring at some level is acceptable, like that that over over serving food quantities, mm-hmm. um, giving away free drinks to staff. There's like a million different ways in a restaurant because a restaurant should make about twenty percent of sales in their pocket. I never did. Interesting. I fed everybody. We gave everyone drinks. Particularly in the Northeast. I remember in Boston, anytime someone's pouring a shot, they put in the little uh, metal things. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's one way. And now they have the new, the, actually, there's these really extravagant, expensive machines that, that count it. So it not only counts the shots that went in the cup, but goes into the cashiering system, so they can't give drinks away either. So at the end of the shift, the bottles true up. They know exactly how many drinks there are. It should match the cashiering of the system. Mm. Now, let's say that's a $100,000 $100, machine to put in. Like, people f- flip out. Yeah. But at $80 per bottle of Jack, two cases a month, that's 24 times 80. That's a lot of dough. Plus, it's Jack's only one liquor. Vodka. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm telling you, it's where the, the, the diamonds are in there in businesses a lot of times. They're in these details. Uh, give away extra napkins. Life is such a balance between yeah. the detail and the big picture stuff because you don't want to get too caught up in either, you know. Yeah, that's kind of it's an interesting thing because the compounding effect in business is the efficiency and understanding that that there has to be protocols for things. You can't leave flexibility when you're measuring something like that in business. You can't just give it, live it up to judgment. Right. They'll almost always abuse it. 
Maybe even not, not unknowingly. So knowing what you know now, would you do it again? Would you go a down restaurant? that road? Yeah. No or let's way. say a bar. I'd rather do. I'd rather blow up a brand new BMW every month on a TikTok video, <laughs> and I'd get some. Steve tells me I get a lot of views. <laughs> I, that uh, was not my idea. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I got beat on that business, and uh, <laughs> I got I ripped. I got ripped Steve off <laughs> pretty much both businesses, but uh, particularly when I was sick and wasn't watching things. But uh, it's not a. You know, that business is all all management. There's no. There's no ever relief. You, you can't go anywhere. Um, you know, if you own the business with a family, family-run businesses do a little bit better. My friends have a hot dog business in Pittsfield, Mass., and they do really well. I sell hot dogs and sodas and beers. That's it. Um, and Phil down in Pennsylvania. He sells hot, he sells hot dogs, Yeah, you too. got a lot of hot dogs. Yeah, he watches. He's probably eating a hot dog right now with a scotch. It's <laughs> 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 all my... Um, Taylor brought up a great question, or a great quote, actually. Um, remember this one? It says... It's a quote that Darren might have quoted somebody else, but it's, where are you going? And the man on the horse replies, I don't know. Ask, Ask the, the horse. horse. Yeah. <laughs> Love that one, Taylor. Yeah. Ask the horse. The horse is used to The horse is your habits. So yeah. good. Yeah. So good. I yeah. forgot to do that in the show. That was my favorite part of the book. Ah, Ask the know? horse. Yeah. How the hell do I know? <laughs> Such an awareness thing. Do you have a favorite part? So that was your favorite quote of the book? That was. Yeah, I love that one. Um, let me see. I'll look here quick. Ed, you got a favorite part? Um, a uh, quote or, or like a story? I know mine. Let me think about it for a second. I, I, I think I do. Um, the, you know, add, delete, modify has been a, a business strategy of mine for years. So I liked it when he said, what are you going to stop doing? What are you going to start doing? You can add, delete, and modify. You can go through your life. Uh, we did this in financial, you know, for financial planning. When you do a real audit, you do a forensic analysis of transfers that you make of your money unknowingly, unnecessarily to the government, to banks, to insurance companies, to fees, and you go through it. It's thousands and thousands of dollars almost every single month. So when we did that evaluation, we could see transfers that were happening, and a lot of times we can eliminate them. Yeah, We can eliminate them or reduce them, delete or modify, and then add something really good. So in life... You look at your diet, your movement, your relationships, the books you read are all there's all little forensic wins that are available. And if you go through that and just pick one thing a day that you can improve upon, as speaking to the Japanese uh, concept and tradition of Kaizen and Toyota, it's they always they're forever trying to improve a process and anybody in the planet can come up with an idea to improve the process and they'll implement it hmm. worldwide. That's kind of cool. That Stop sure. and start doing. I love that part. But I like the horse one too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanted to write that down, but I was listening to it on <laughs> YouTube. That's the horse, oh yeah. <laughs> I think I think gratitude. Like I really really love that because we one we always talk about it and when you always talk about it it's like ah uh, it's like you know, especially coming from somewhere that's so cold and like you're down here and it's so beautiful but you become accustomed to it and you just take the you take life for granted. It becomes a normal and uh, yeah, and the, and the idea of you know every day he wrote down one thing that he appreciated about his wife for a year yeah. and gave it to her Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like it just it makes you realize how much of life is perspective. It's very sweet. Yeah. yeah um, Boy, that's a good one. It was good. I mean, it's really good. Be, that's a relationship hack, man. If you want to do that, do it for thirty days. And I you just know, he did it for a year. Got off the phone uh, with Rod yesterday. He said, uh, you know, if if you can't, if you're not grateful for it you don't deserve it right you know it's like a really really good point yeah so more gratitude 
What about you, Stevie? I think my favorite was the oak tree with your habits oh, cool. becoming the oak tree. But what I love about it, too, is that, one, it's empowering when you mm. think of, like, you make this habit, you spend the time, you kind of, like, tend to the garden, and then it becomes this oak tree that's, like, impossible to uh, knock over. But then it also is the other side of it with the negative habits, that you've had these negative habits that are so deeply carved that it takes it's hard to uncarve them. And it's, it goes back to that mountain thing. I like where it's like, you're halfway up the mountain, you can see the top, but you know, to get to the top, you have to go back down. It's like, how many people do that? And I love those type of analogies. Um, so yeah, the uprooting of the bad habits. But then the last one I like is when he quoted Jim Rohn and he said, life is about uh, good experiences or life is just a collection of good experiences. And our goal is to increase the frequency and intensity of the good ones. Yeah, that, was awesome. that was a really, I never heard that before. And when I read the book that really resonated. Who yeah. else said that peak experiences? That's what life's about. Have you heard that? Oh, it'll come to Sounds me. Sounds like a Tony Robbins deal. It might be. It might be. I had an epiphany when you guys were talking, and I was like, <laughs> I saw that? you grab that thing. <laughs> I, grabbed my, I grabbed, I was, I tried to do it, it was off camera, but I grabbed my barometer. Uh, this is a, a thermometer, barometer, hydrometer. <laughs> Thank right? God. And <laughs> Thank God. When I first moved to Miami, man, <laughs> every day at three o'clock, it's like a torrential downpour. Yeah. Steve was freaking out. He didn't think we had one of these. Now he's, he can he can concentrate. Yeah. You know what it's good for? I, sh- I showed this to a, I was, ta- I was coaching a helicopter pilot today. Me too. And I, and I told him, <laughs> "Oh, really? <laughs> this guy's a neat, a really. He's just got out of active, act, out of the service. He's retiring, and he's uh he's trying to." work with uh, people. He's a, a helicopter pilot, so he's working with retired pilots. And he goes, what, how do I find out what's bothering them? I said, oh, I pulled out my barometer. I said, well, if you want to learn that, the barometer measures pressure. So lots of pressure. The barometer goes low, goes down, and goes up when there's bad pressure. So I, I gave him the analogy of flying. Like when the you know, when you're flying a helicopter, there's horrible conditions. You can't fly. And then there's perfect conditions where you can fly all over the place with no wind. And it's nice and, nice and clean. Uh, so in Miami, at 3 o'clock, the, water, the barometer comes down, mm-hmm. goes down low, it rains, and it goes back up. To, and that's what it does. So that's like a, a, a metaphor for life. A continuum is what goes up and down. So in the continuum of good and bad, right, one bad being Hurricane Dorian, one, horrible, 10 being perfect day, perfect blind conditions, where do you find yourself right now in fill in the blank? Financial, health, relationship, learning, new abilities. Didn't you say overall most people say about a six? Most people are a six, yeah. That's the most common one, which is basically existing. Most common answer. Yeah, yeah. Most, and once in a while, if someone doesn't want to talk to you, they say 10. I'm 10. Then you say, oh, when you were a little boy dreaming about being superhero, you're exactly where you wanted to be in your life. There's nothing that's good. So they're going to give you a number, and then the, the, the simple question you can ask them or ask yourself is, what is the one problem that you live with intermittently, daily, all the time, that if it went away and disappeared forever would make your life more close to a 10? Mm-hmm. If you had one, a one problem and ideally one word, and what would it be? So if you ask yourself that question and your barometer is a 6 and you want it to be a 10, there's always that one thing. What would it be for you, Steve? Hmm. It's a tough one, right? I mean, but you, gotta, you almost got to put it in context. If overall life, like the overall grade, yeah. like what's that? Health, wealth, love, and happiness. You averaged out, that's your grade, 
right? You give a grade, and then you say, what, would, what has to go away to make it a 10? Better health, better, better money, more relationships, more knowledge, more free time. Even more vulnerability. Because like I, I feel like people that are vulnerable just kill it. Like, yeah, you know, like complete, like sometimes almost like sociopathic. It's like they're just removed from, <laughs> removed from the reality of the situation. They do their own thing. You know, like my my goal every day is to push boundaries a little bit, but how much more could you be doing? Well, that's interesting. You say that, yeah, because then you're really you're really truly expressing yourself without regard for. I guess what hiding from the shadow, right? Well, what is I found, what I, I try and self-reflect. So, so the way I, I mask it is, you know, you want to go far, but not far enough to damage the brand. That's ah, always yeah, yeah. where I stop. Oh, I right? know that's why I can't talk about anything. You guys, that's a pulled Kimmy dirty looks. Hey, I, I don't need to. Do, I do this because I enjoy it. But yeah, no, that's just reality. So yeah. that that would probably be it. But you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings either. You don't want to lose a friendship over it. Exactly. And, and a lot of people don't know how to play well when it comes to conflict. That's a really interesting thing. If, if that was gone and life would be a 10, you could say what you wanted to say. You know, you express yourself. I think a, a 10 is no rules, right? Yeah, but Ultimately, it's, it's no rules. It's doing <clears throat> or at least making them work for you to the extent that you do what you want, when you want, how you want. But a 10 is an asymptote. Remember that? From, from a few books ago? Was that Drive? So that means yeah. it's an impossible It's impossible question. to be a 10. Like the asymptote is the, is the goal that's a line across and the, and the line that's curving up towards it but never gets there. Right, right. That's not, I think that's, there's never a 10. That's why when people tell me 10, I'm always saying like, that's not true. But right. if you're in sales and you don't know how to sell, if you ask that one question, the barometer question, which will forever be on this podcast. So if you've logged into this, because I think this is the last one we're doing for people that didn't show up, right? Like, the, here it is forever. The barometer question will save you a lot of hassle Yeah. if you get the right answer from somebody. So if you're in a relationship issue and someone says, one thing goes away, our relationship becomes a 10, what is it? And they say, you're drinking too much or you're overeating or you're mean to me, right? Okay, that's it. And then you work on it. That's your one. That's the thing you got to compound to, mm. to, get, to get right. Or you're not making the money you need to make. That's a whole nother. Or you don't have the free time. You're making money, but you have no time. Or the worst one is you're making money, you have free time, but you don't like what you do. You're not helping anybody. Yeah. That's a bad one. I've seen that before. That's a tough spot because you, you feel like you've come too far to yeah. trial the breaks. A lot of trial lawyers feel that. They yeah. don't like it anymore. Like they're we're, good we're at tough it. tough on lawyers yeah. in this, in this podcast. No, I love. I have a lot of great lawyer friends, but I, so they I, tell but me they, that yeah. they love the money and they love the free time. But sometimes, they yeah, they got to defend the wrong person or they got to take the wrong case. It's not their, sometimes it's their passion. They get so good, they work themselves into that bind. Right. And the money keeps you ha- hostage. Like the damn money's like the devil. And that's the beauty of the, you know, I've said this 20 times, but the simplicity, I mean, look, at, the, at some point, you know, we've read 30 books. So it's like, you, you're, how do you identify? How do you differentiate? You know, the simplicity of one, become aware Become self-aware. Understand what you're doing. And that's why tracking is important. Understand how you're exceeding, how you're not. Just get a picture of your life. And then two is find very small ways to consistently improve them. And when you put it like that, I think that's where the power is. You know, Because, again, there's nothing in here that you're going to be like, oh, my God, I had no idea. 
oh yeah, I could but, totally have written this book, but right. I, he was smart enough to put it all together. Exactly. Yeah, that's it's what about writing a book. He's curating practices that he learned from the best. Right. Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy. It's like, Why don't we hear about him anymore, Brian Tracy? I remember he was a big he's, name. Like he's a, in his mid seventies. He's not a young guy. I saw him when I was content? in my. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he he he, uh, <laughs> he uses old school video. Like he has like two cameras, and he'll say he'll say one thing, and then I'll turn to the next. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> but he doesn't cut. He doesn't cut it right. I think his guy. Call us, Brian. Some. We got Steve. Yeah, I probably steal say. it from us. <laughs> Steve's not going anywhere. He's because um, he's got his. What's your what what's your continu- what what's your continuum what's, what's your continuum, Steve? Continuum. Where's your barometer right now? Nine, oh. living good, but it's more Nine. progress. I was gonna say, did you start the subtle art of not giving an F? I just heard a B. I'm going to call it the BS meter. You're a nine, <laughs> so when you're a 14-year-old boy looking up at the stars and life was exactly how you wanted in a comic book, you're living that life right well, now, 90%? The, this time last year would nope. be a nine compared to last year. You're not, I, I didn't ask you that. Enough. Life. Six. I'm not asking you to modify my question. I'm asking you for... Oh, you're a six. That's, so you're existing. Yeah, I'm just... So exactly. what's the one problem that shows up in your life on the continuum? That if it went away and never came back. He's like, I'm looking at him. Would make your life more close to a 10. <laughs> I think it would, honestly, it's more of like an emotion, but impatience. You're impatient. Yeah. I would, I would challenge you with that. You couldn't come up with a greater problem than that, though. Money, like abundance of money. Right. So that way I could have all the, like, just do what I, yeah. like, all the time, you know, and not have to worry and provide, you know, but. Money. It's always it's like it's and that's it's survival. It's food. What food was a hundred thousand years ago? Yeah. An abundance of food didn't exist. So money is a lot of times comes up with that question. Money being someone's problem. See, but money's a symptom. Money's not a problem. Well, lack of it makes you ripple. And it takes away from the other part of your life. Yeah, but lack of it makes you ask why, and that's your problem. I mean, you could very easily argue back to the arbitrage of the, the four-hour work week. Could you arbitrage your, your money and live in a, you know, and have the things that, you don't want money, the point is, right? You, you don't want a million dollars. You want the lifestyle that a million dollars. It's a pet, because yeah. there are extrinsic and intrinsic. Steve is 150,000 trillion percent intrinsic, right? Yeah. He's a creator. He's a passionate dude. He's a mm-hmm. beast with, with creativity. Yeah. So like, yeah, that'll always be like, I, help, help me yeah, out because sure. I think you know where I'm going with this. Like, you'll never be like, I'm going to. And I'm the same way, by the way. Yeah. Um, when it comes to money, it's like, like it uh, elevates you. I think of it as like a creative thing. Like, right now we have bills and things like that. And so, like, that might take priority over, like, just being creative. Like, it's hard to take out. Like, if you, like, I'm sure you can understand. Like, if you wanted to go with your band and spend a, a, a month just going out in the woods and, like, creating the best thing you can because you're so detached, you probably can't do that at this moment because of things that might come up of bills. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. it's like money seems to solve it. But, like, you're saying it's like the problem. How do you get that autonomous with your life at that point to go do whatever you want when you want it? Um, but it's, yeah, it's hard to put into one word. It is in a band. Starting to. Oh. <laughs> I um making tunes with some friends Whoa. online. Oh, we got a school bus. <laughs> <laughs> I got all my props for my TikTok TikTok uh, celebrity status. So what you're saying, Steve. Yes. So what you're saying is impatience is is one thing that's in the way, but maybe not 
It's not. Yeah, it's not in the way, but it it yeah. causes tension. It des- definitely causes a lot of tension. Oh, so you're you get yeah you get impatient, which yeah pollutes your your aura, your yes. dig. Yeah, you're good with that. That's interesting. So there's lots of things you can look at. Like this is the bus. <laughs> <laughs> this is my little school bus. I'm I curious bought. to hear how what? you'll connect those dots. Hey, wait, I just I'll realized. tell you exactly. They're all kids in there. How's a kid driving? No, these kids can drive. We all teach right. them early. But this is the bus, right? So this is out of Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. But in the compounding effect, if you have crappy people on your bus, like, forget it. And what you got to do is you got to get rid of people, right? So who would you bounce out of this bus? So Careful. You got to get the wrong people off the bus <laughs> and the right people on the bus. And then the right people in the right seat. So in life, like the compounding effect of having a crappy social circle, Ooh, we can actually- I'm telling you, man. That may be number one, in my opinion. You're around with people that are in fit or good shape, that are are making something of themselves so they're surviving somehow financially. You know, that's a big deal. We can use that bus as an analogy for for habits. So, like, for for a business, you want the right people on the bus before you choose the destination of the business. So wherever they go, they'll stick on the bus. But your habits is like, you got to get the right habits in place so that way you can start building on them and become the person you want to be. Because if you don't have the right habits but you have the goal in mind, Uh, you're not going to stick to it. So if you have the right healthy habits, the right sleep routine, the right, I don't know. uh, Well, the habits are are the passengers. Exactly, the habits are the passengers. Like Taylor said, like, you'll be asking the bus, where are you going? Where are you going? I don't know, ask the bus. Yeah, exactly. The habits are the bus. So you can use this for your TikTok video tomorrow. There you go, I'll do it. So we're starting to use props to get more interesting. That's That's the feedback we're getting from our analysts and consultants that we get. But those are school buses, you name it. Well, health, wealth, love, happiness are the areas people want to improve, right? See. So the subtler I've given a fuck. I was going to say, Steve. Sorry, that's the first time I've ever heard (laughs) you swear. (laughs) I'm reading the book. Um, So I started reading it today. I've read it before, but I started listening to it again. It's free on YouTube for people listening, by the way. Um, Another one. He said, uh, life is solving problems is happiness. So what we were saying before with like, you're never a 10. It's like part of the 10, part of being a 10 is trying to get to a 10. Yeah. So I think that's why it's kind of a paradox because you want to get to a 10, but part of getting to a 10 is enjoying the process. And I love that about that. I think that's why you said the grateful thing. You're here, but you're not you might feel like you don't deserve something because you're not as grateful as you could, but you just want to make progress. It's not, you don't have to be as hard on yourself, whoever, you know? That's it, brother. Yeah. Progress is happiness. I believe that 100%. Yeah. I, do. I mean, not having problems is boredom, which is the opposite of happiness from our last book. Tim yeah. Ferriss is the opposite of happiness is boredom. Hmm. You don't have problems to solve. You, you're in trouble. What problems do you like solving? Because that's what he says in his, the next book. So he kind of like, find problems you like to solve, which I really liked. I'm well, I mean, my my life is tied in with my work, so my problems are, are or I wouldn't I wouldn't even say problems. Would you? I mean, challenges. That's what um, I mean. Like, what do you like? Because like for yours, like we like our problem kind of with the podcast is helping people that don't have a business. That's kind of like a problem we mm-hmm. like helping solving. That's kind of what I meant. So anything that you got, you know, you do the consulting. No, I like. I mean, remember I did the, the Google. I googled all the world problems and do this if you if you're at home. Look at the world problems. There's ten. And you look at the ones that you can help out with if you want to find a little meaning in this mess. Um, there was 10, and then there was hunger, terrorism, and uh, there was poverty, there was uh, education, there was uh, food supply, there was lots, lots of things, pollution, global warming. 
Uh, the two I could do something about was uh, poverty and education. So teaching people, learning how to earn. So that's kind of why I got back into the business. I enjoy helping people out of thin air do something good yeah, and be able to survive, which will ripple into um, you know, being happier. I love that. I love that. I've been talking to my mom who uh, is a master's in criminal justice and just loves that stuff. And, and the, more, the more I talk to her about it, the more I sort of delve into the subjects. It's like if you can educate, it has a direct correlation to poverty. Is there a correlation yeah. to, to income? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the standard, that's the baseline from, you know, where so much change is possible. Like, at a, you know, at our micro level, but also at a macro level. Mm-hmm. It's like if we, we put more emphasis there, it's a, it's a big, big deal. I was coaching um, someone in, in Jacksonville before I moved down here, and she was, a, she was a, I don't know how I met her, but she was a, a felon. She says, "Well, I'm a felon. I can't get some jobs." And I was like, "Well, you don't have a lot of lot of lot of options. You got to become an entrepreneur, maybe, or yeah. a laborer." Um, that's kind of what got me the idea of of teaching people that need to, you know, they have their backs against the wall to make money out of thin air. So, um, and I was my life was saved by a prisoner. So that's a Got a soft spot there. Yeah, that's, like that's I, I, yeah. I was trying to get into the prisons to teach these books, and you know, I would, do, I'd like to do that. I think that would be fun. You know who does that? Tom. Does he? In he's, the donated, he's donated literally over a million books to prisons in Oklahoma. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd yeah. do that. That'd be great. Yeah. Or kids in the area that that want to learn from the books, that uh, want to break away. Those those are really good things. So if money or time were an issue, that'd be a great thing to do. Do a turn. I love a turnaround too. Nothing like turning someone around that's down and out, and give them a little bit of lift off of ground zero. Because yeah. it's easier to come back from that because that's almost lifelessness. And a little bit of progress seems like a lot, and that that can create big mo. Absolutely, that's what we want. Big mo. Make a little momentum. You, you'll enjoy it. I got another question here, Dustin. Yeah. Any advice pointers on the life versus business plan approach? Have you created a life plan? If so, what are some lessons learned or advice to share? So how do you separate them? Let's start with that. That's a, that's a good question. Do you separate life and business in terms of your, your planning and your... Well, I tried to. I, had a, you know, I was going to retire and travel and do that. That was good for a little while. And it got boring. So I think the business is a, is a problem. Um, so if your business is some, somehow related to the things you'd like to do, that's one of the things we started. The early name of this show is Your Voice to the World. Yeah. That design a, 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 uh, a business around your lifestyle, not the other way around. Hmm. That was just something. It's, it was such a good feeling to, to say that. Um, but that's, I mean, that's an advanced level of survival. Like if you're at that level, Dustin, you're doing a lot of things right because now you're succeeding in both and now you want to create that that lovely uh idol a healthy idol that has a little little problematic foot in both yeah yeah it's it's like uh the yin and the yang chaos and order like you want to have one foot on both yeah i i dude that question to me like i i can't answer it but i can tell you i think about it you know like because i'm sacrificing so much on the personal for the business one because i i just i love it and i get involved but there are times when i'm like oh, is it the right to say you know what i mean like i've broken up with people that i liked because i'm like i can't juggle this yeah. and like there are just i just want to be all in and my thought is you know down the road ultimately like that balances out 
I don't. I can't see into the future. I don't know if I'll look back in ten years and be like, "That was the right move." But right now, it feels like it is, just because I'm so immersed. Like I wake up excited. If you're waking up excited, you're doing something right. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Hey, chess is about making the current best move on the board, not looking. You know, you're not a master chess player. You play the hand you have in your hand that is in alignment with your life. Yeah. And yeah, what yeah. you really want to do. Uh, so, so some points there's the the balance between creating art, which I know you love to do, and then taking on jobs that enable you to create art and live yeah. where you live and live the lifestyle that you live. Exactly, exactly. And it's a strategy. You know, it's basically a strategy. Yeah, you, you just got to go with your gut. Yeah. You got to do what feels right. You yeah. Do what feels right. But That's, you use that metaphor. I think, guys, I think we talked about this on, like, episode two, like what? juggling the, the glass balls. Oh, yeah. What like, the fuck uh, was that? that Gary, was... Gary Keller, the one thing, you know, life and relationships, your health and your relationships are glass balls. Your job... And your hobbies are, are rubber balls. And maybe there's other ones. Like, like and your and your like peripheral friends, like not your best friends, like your relationships. You got rubber balls, like you, you know, your golf course, your cars, your your stupid job that you don't even like, but you do it because you have to. Right. Best thing you can do is get fired from that thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and then you gotta then you gotta then you get your backs against the wall. But yeah, the the balls, that's a good one. That's like Gary you Keller. You can't let anyone break. I let two break, yeah. Yeah. And then everything else breaks. When one of those breaks, the rest of it's not over anyway. Yeah. What do we think, boys, on the next week? Talk a little bit about the subtle art. I know you read it a little bit. What do you think to expect? What are you thinking? What are your predictions? I, I think it's the, the beauty of that book to me, as far as what I remember. I read it probably four years ago, is um, the humor in it. You know, he talks in a fun way. And just, you know, it's a perspective book. Different way to look at life, different way to approach our anxiety and the things that we that, that hold us back. So I'm excited to delve back into it for sure. Short read. Yeah, I'm excited to read hours? some of it. I haven't read any of it yet. Yeah, you'll like it. It's cool. He's funny. Yeah. I mean, he's it's a funny suggested dude. suggested a bunch of times. He's a blogger. He was a blogger. Have you read his other one? The new one? No. Everything's Aft, I think it's called, something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. He's sticking to the same yeah, program. He's, yeah. <laughs> I'll look it up real quick. What books were we looking? We're looking for some suggestions. We, have, uh, we actually have... Uh, Chris Johnson coming next week uh, on Target Living, a famous uh, yeah. health author. Um, that's the week after next, right? And then we have, who else we got? We have uh, the ha- uh, Hyde, right, from the Happy yeah, yeah, Hypothesis. Yeah, Jonathan Hyde. Yeah, so he's a big-name author. we got he's some July. great authors. And we're in talks with a, a big-name national uh, book company, one of the biggest nonfiction uh, book companies for sponsorship. We were going to do a strategic alliance and partnership with that group. So really, really, really excited about that. Uh, Life so we have a little more quick. fun. Yeah. No, it'll be great. Yeah. It'll be great. A lot of good things ahead. Yeah. So we're having fun. Fun hanging out, guys. Let's and call we'll, it a uh, night. Yeah. Catch you next week, Tuesday morning. The subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson. Dude, my mother's on the show. <laughs> Sorry, mom. That's not right. We'll see you there. Sorry, mom. Earmuffs. Toodaloo. <laughs> See ya.